Good morning, this is Pam McElvain, your host of The Inclusive Voice. Oh my goodness, winter is here. It snowed, it is cold. I'm not ready for it, I'm just telling you guys. But anyway, welcome to 820 WCTT with also our production director, Devin, who's you know been gracious in helping us drive this great program today. And you know, I'm excited in our conversation today because we're gonna be talking about business diversity. And really what that means is really on the supply chain side of the house. And I know a lot of you guys know what supply chain means and you understand um, how what organizations do about that. So just an example, um, when the pandemic was at its forefront and trucks were not moving on the road, air freight planes were we're not um, flying and delivering packages because the folks on the front line that are in the plants and the manufacturing um, facilities could not go to work and certain foods uh, weren't on the store, store shelves uh, because the, it stopped. The supply chain actually stopped. And so we're definitely talking about the larger impacts of the marketplace. You know, but there's a reality when you think of business diversity. You're talking about small businesses. So what I just wanted to share with you, share with you some of the key things that we're going to talk about today uh, with our wonderful guest, Cheryl Harris, who's the Chief Procurement Officer for Allstate Insurance Company. And we'll find out what that means, that impressive title. But just so that you understand, um, we talk about supplier diversity. Uh, corporations has actually invested um, more than, um, actually our number says 27 billion in the supply chain. But I will, I will share with you with our data, we, most of the companies um, in 2022, 30% uh, of companies are investing from one to 6% of their overall corporate uh, goals, or their, shall I say their overall corporate budgets to uh, supplier diversity. But on average, um, we see um, most companies, our leading companies, are between 7 and 15%, 63% of the market. Um, I, unfortunately, that's where most of companies are spending. You hear about the billion-dollar roundtables where companies set aside quite a bit of money, almost you know, close to 20% of their investment in building out supply chains. Um, this is where we call the best-in-class companies. So we'll talk about what that means and what it takes to do that and what that commitment looks like. So stay with us. We'll be right back with you with Allstate's incredible executive, Cheryl Harris, who leads the um, their supply chain procurement um, and has been doing this work for a long time. So be ready if you think you want to uh, take a lean into this conversation. We'd love to have you stay with us. From emails that get no response, to improper billing and shipping, to inventory mistakes, waste can be an expansive, encompassing problem. With a track record of success that includes over $7 billion in successful projects, Bold Business has been helping clients over two decades. Whether you seek to enhance the performance of current anti-waste and waste initiatives, reduce reputational damage in the face of heightened public scrutiny, or simply safeguard cost efficiency, Bold Business has the answers. 
Check out boldbusiness.com for more information. Welcome back to The Inclusive Voice. I'm your host, Pam McElvain. Glad to have you with us this chilly morning. Go grab yourself some coffee and uh, stay with me as we have this conversation with our guest this morning, Cheryl Harris, the Chief Procurement Officer at Allstate Insurance Company, headquartered here in Chicago. Cheryl, how are you today? Hey, Pam. You're right. It's cold. It's snowy. Um, I'm not ready for it, but here we are. It's you know, the middle of November, what what else would we expect in Chicago? I know we can't we can't complain about it. You know, I am so happy to, to have you back. I had you here, I think, earlier in the year with um, with one of your uh, longtime colleagues and our what we say icon in the supply chain space. Uh, um, so I wanted to uh, just, you know, recognize that, you know, during this time and during all the efforts and everything that you're doing, you know, what are you doing to try and keep yourself well um, as you continue to to go forward? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I'm learning the power of mindfulness and just taking time out to breathe and, um, you know, be with family, find ways to laugh, have fun. Um, and allow our, you know, again, people in my family, but also my team to have grace and space to be authentically them. Um, yes. You know, there's just so much happening. You know, we hear about the RSV cases going up in um, hospitals here in Chicago and around the country. We hear about, you know, this impending flu and people not wanting to get flu shots. Uh, we hear about people taking care of their parents, taking care of their, their children. Um, there's a lot going on. So I always say we have to put on our own um, face mask before we can help each other uh, or others out. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure I do that um, and, and breathe. And of course, you know, on, on, on a Friday night after a long week, a good glass of red wine um, to help warm the blood, you know, in these, in these cold winter months uh, goes a long way as well. Yeah, you know, thank you for that. And, you know, what uh, I did this uh, was part of this retreat as well. And, you know, they talked about self-care is a part of self-interest and we cannot mm -hmm. feel guilty about uh, leaning into our own self-interest to take care of ourselves, because if we don't do that, we cannot absolutely take care of anyone else. And so I love that concept of how self-care, self-interest, I love what you're talking about, about the mental mind, mindfulness of being healthy and encouraging both team and family to be a part of that. That's so real. Um, you know, today, though, I'm, I'm glad to just really have this conversation with you because there's so much going on about, you know, the health and wealth and sustainability of small businesses. And I'll tell you, we're still struggling here, Cheryl. You know, I fit in that group and, and it's been really hard. But before we get into the, the conversation, I, you know, I want our audience to know what, what is a procurement officer and, you know, what does this person do? So share with us a little bit um, about your background. Like, where did you go to school and what did you first focus in um, and to lead you? In, into the work that you're doing today. Yeah, so so thank you for that question. And, you know, I say I'm in my, my position today. It's only by the grace of God. Um, so I'm a native Chicagoan, born and raised on the South Side. Um, I'll just give a shout out to Bronzeville. Um, you know, went to Whitney M. Young Magnet High School, which I believe is 
probably the best high school in um, not only Chicago, but state of Illinois and the country. Um, you know, us dolphins are a bit biased. Um, and then had um, worked with Silas Purnell. Some people may remember him because we grew up, grew up very poor, um, humbled, um, didn't know I was poor. But Silas Purnell worked to put so many um, African-American kids um, not through college, but put them in touch with colleges that had scholarships available for um, kids with financial needs. Um, applied to a few schools, got into Florida A&M uh, in Tallahassee, Florida, um, majored in business there, um, actually had a, a woman, um, African-American, uh, she was the VP of HR at the time, at a company called IDS Financial Services that had been acquired by American Express. Um, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, had her walk over to me because she overheard a conversation that I had with another recruiter. She said, we have, we have time available on our schedule. Might you be interested in talking to us? Um, I didn't know anything about the company, IDS. Um, we were always taught in business school never to, you know, to speak um, unless you've done your research, but there was something inside of me that said, I, I need to be talking to this woman. So talked to her. Her name was Betty Wilson. She passed away a few years ago. Um, and that led to me moving to Minneapolis to take my first job at IDS Financial Services. I was actually hired, Cam, as a business systems analyst that was going to work on a project. Um, again, this was 1989. Wow. Um, <laughs> take paper out of the process. Um, IDS slash American Express was going paperless and um, th that project lost funding. So imagine being, you know, early 20s, your first job, you're on a project, you lose funding. And again, I, I, I just felt like I was where I was supposed to be. And that's when they said, Cheryl, we don't have this entry level role for you, but we have this role over here in our purchasing department. Um, and again, that was 1989. And I've been in procurement supply chain, purchasing procurement, call it what you want, um, for over the past three decades. Now, I'll also share with you that one of my roles in, in that first job was helping to strengthen um, the, the supplier diversity program of that company. And so I spent probably 40 to 50% of my time working with the Minnesota Minority Development Council and the um, Minority Business Development Agency, MBDA, um, just learning. And I had many people, um, you know, within those organizations that literally took me under their wings to explain to me the importance of um, supporting small minority diverse women-owned businesses. So that's sort of my, um, my history, how I got into this space. Um, I think you also know I'm, I'm still in school. So I got my master's degree in values-driven leadership from Benedictine here um, in Lyle, Illinois. And I'm currently pursuing my doctorate um, in values-driven leadership and, you know, want to spend time researching um, this, this topic of business diversity and, and what people can do. Um, to just drive sustainable 
progress as we move forward. That is so incredible. You truly are, um, Cheryl. I didn't realize, I knew you were one of the, you know, premier leaders in the space, but you truly have a lens. Um, you're talking about, you know, from, you know, foundational lens and, and you're able to actually go through the process of developing and seeing the, the true transformation of supply chain and supplier diversity in organizations. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that history. And that's why it's really important. And I do love the fact that you're going back to school so that you can bring forward the leadership uh, competencies and the uh, the to help you know develop that side because I do think that's missing um, on on you know on the business side of that house because folks always you know have very different lenses and perspectives so I can't wait for the book I know the doctorate's coming out and right there the book is right there with it so <laughs> I'm just going to claim that because I know it's going to be be there for um, for everyone to to learn more so we're going to quickly take a commercial break and then we'll be right back with you to talk a little bit more about um, you know what what is this business diversity and what what does it mean to the marketplace everyone's talking about diversity equity and inclusion let diversity MBA media bring you up to speed on the discussion with benchmarking services that help enterprises gauge and expand the diversity of their workforces to fresh, insightful, deep dive articles on the Diversity MBA website. CEO Pam Micklevane leverages years of experience and some of the foremost thought leaders on diversity, equity, and inclusion to spread the DEI message and curate content that educates and enlightens. In addition, Diversity MBA Media hosts annual conferences that bring together speakers from all across the DEI spectrum, with thousands of virtual attendees learning industry best practices from a wide range of perspectives. Check out Diversity MBA Media, join the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement, and be a part of the discussion. www.diversitymbamagazine.com Welcome back. I'm your host, Pam McElvain, with our guest, Cheryl Harris, um, the Chief Procurement Officer with Allstate Insurance Company. Um, you know, Allstate is a pretty big company. You know, what are some of the, the key services that Allstate provides, Cheryl? Services that we provide. So um, Allstate is um, one of our nation's leading publicly traded um protection organization. So we, we, we don't use the word insurance as much, but we really focus on protecting all those things that are important to you. Um, so, and it's always great to talk about insurance. We, of course, protect autos and homes, um, but we also protect your identity. Um, we protect the things that, again, are important to you, your cell phones through our um, protection services businesses. Um, we've also entered into the gig economy. Uh, we have a car sharing business. Um, we provide um, small business holders um, with commercial um, insurance. So Allstate isn't um, what I would say your, your mother and father's, your mom paws. Um, you know, traditional insurance company, we really have transformed and are continuing to transform to provide protection services that are important to you, um, the consumer that we serve. 
I, I love that because, you know, I, you, as you know, I don't know if you know this, but my career is in insurance and I spent mm-hmm. 25 years in insurance and five of them at Allstate. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so to hear that the industry or insurance, at least Allstate, one of the biggest providers, $12 billion organization, talk about protection, because isn't that what you, that, isn't that the promise? The promise is to protect us for our assets. And now you're talking all the things that are related to the lifestyle that that's that's real and connected to today to today's world. So I love to hear that the organization has transformed with us. And, you know, just looking at your CEO, you know, Tom Wilson. And so he's been in place for a while. Right. I mean, he's been at yeah, Allstate yeah. for and and do you think um, having a CEO, you know, in in the role, he's on, I don't know if he's at a decade or a little over a decade, but in in place for that long helps with the vision and the sustainability of transforming um, organizations and making them leading, um, helping them to be leading organizations in in supplier diversity. Yeah, you know, Pam. It's- it's such a great question, Pam, because um, I'll, I'll give a bit of insight, personal insight into, into Tom. Um, imagine, you know, being at a company where my, my prior employer wasn't looking to leave, got a phone call from, from Allstate about this great role uh, leading their procurement organization and um, being told that you have to interview with the CEO of the company. Now, again, when I, when, I, when, I, when I say that I'm where I'm supposed to be, I know that I'm where I'm supposed to be because, I, and I've told this story before, um, I remember being at CBOS in April of, it would have been 2010, mm-hmm. and Allstate was the presenting sponsor, as, as we've been for, you know. Decade. <laughs> oh, wow. 16 so, years. Okay. Yeah, and so Tom Wilson um, uh, was speaking on behalf of Allstate, and I was on the dais, and I will never forget it. I actually was so moved by the words that he used to describe his personal beliefs and his personal commitment to inclusive diversity, and this is before we added the E, that on my dais card, I, I wrote a note to self. Ask someone to introduce you to Tom Wilson. Ask him be, to be your mentor. Okay, so now, again, in all honesty, um, had the day's card, found it while cleaning up. I, I had, if I'm honest, I had an exercise bike in my room. I had clothes on top of it. The, the day's card was underneath those clothes. That was October of 2010. Okay. I got a phone call from Allstate in, 20, in, in November, the following month. Right wow. in January of 2011, I was interviewing with Tom Wilson, and I'm I'm giving you this long-winded answer to to your question because it was during my my interview with Tom, mm-hmm. where we maybe spent 15 20 minutes on my professional acumen, like the what I did, the procurement mm-hmm. part of my role. Yes, we then pivoted the remaining 40 minutes where he wanted to know what was my personal purpose. Oh, right. I love that. Yes. And, right. And so when you have a leader who not only understands that his personal purpose is to create a fair and just world for all of those of us that 
you know, navigate this world are in society, then you have a purpose-driven leader who is taking those beliefs and principles and embedding them into the fabric of the organization. And so I think having Tom in that role, you know, with, with his strong moral compass and yes. his deep and, and authentic, I mean, this isn't, this isn't just, you know, him talking the talk. It, it, it's actually him walking the walk and being bold in his actions, like, you know, having Allstate be the first ever company globally to do over a $1 billion bond offering with all minority and women-owned financial institutions, right? See, that's what I'm that talking was bold, about. Right, and, and by Tom doing that, right, he made it, and, and him telling us, right, we got to be bold if we want to drive measurable, sustainable outcomes. So when your CEO not only says be bold, right, but then creates the psychological safety yes. for us to go forward and do things that, again, I'll talk a little bit about, you know, our summit. It's breaking norms and traditions to create new mindsets, right? New ways of getting work done. And in this case, focus on improving the sustainable success of diverse suppliers, minority owned businesses. Yes. Then again, I, I come back to I'm where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, having Tom as that visionary leader who says, go do it. And I got your back. I mean, I, I don't believe I could be in a better place right now. You know what? Thank you for sharing that because what, what, and, and you know, and thank you, Tom Wilson, because what you shared for our listeners and our, and our young professionals out there to hear when they ask, how do I know I'm in the right place? And if you can connect with your leader, like you just talked about, uh, and having that, that type of connection, I, I love the purpose-driven leader that is actually demonstrating, because you know what, I say you can sign a pledge, you can sign any kind of action pledge that you want to as a CEO. But if you can't back it up with the demonstrated investments in what you're doing to change, um, you know, what's the, the structural and institutional systems that prevent others from being successful, you know, that I'm saying it's a, it's a meaningless pledge to me. It's just an activity. But when you can back it up, just like what you just shared about not just the transformation culturally of Allstate, but also, you know, just a continuing level of investment into the community and, and the larger, the larger global marketplace is huge. So congratulations to you and thank you um, for that share. So what I, I know before we take another commercial break, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, Cheryl um, and thank you for the, the tremendous invitation to your summit. Um, we were able to share with our team and uh, while I was traveling because of the virtual nature. <laughs> I love virtual because you can check in. He has a New York checking in. So it was pretty, pretty awesome. But your commitment has always been to uh, bring forward information and, and help as many leaders as you can, business owners and leaders as you could so that they are set up to for success. Um, I thought it was pretty bold that you guys, you know, committed five days. And even though it was virtual, because I know that's a safe way to do it and allows you to reach many people, but a five day uh, summit to focus on um, business diversity and change. Share with us first why 
um, you felt you needed to, to establish something so robust and comprehensive this year? Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a big question. Um, but I, I think it goes back to my comments around Tom's challenge, right? It, mm-hmm. it's, it's what can we do to be bold? to not just change, but to accelerate change and create the change that we want to see in the world. And so, um, you know, some of you may know that I have a wonderful uh, partner in this, and her name is Ruby McClary. She's um, the business, uh, she's director of what we call Responsible Business. So that's our supply chain and sustainability program and our business diversity program. You know, I, I had this thought and idea um, following, again, I want to give credit to other leaders within Allstate, um, a prior witness, several of our leaders put on like week-long um, forums on learning more about cybersecurity, right? Or week-long forums about understanding the, the, the importance of data and how data enables data-driven decision-making. And I, I talked to um, one of my colleagues and said, hey, I'm thinking about taking what we do with business diversity and expanding it and expanding it, you know, in a way to create more education and awareness because Pam, one of the things that I've, I've come to realize in this doctoral program is that we don't spend enough time reading to learn to yeah. understand how we can, you know, learn, read, well, read, learn and build skills that we can use to, to help us improve things. So I've been doing a lot of reading and I, I think to appreciate that when we, when we process experiences, we mm-hmm. tend to process them and see them through our individual lens, right? We make assumptions around what people know or what we think they should know. And, you know, sometimes it's said, Cheryl, you got to take a step back and stop believing that everybody knows what you know or what your procurement team knows or what, you know, your technology organization that, that needs you suppliers know. So it was, how can we just think through the lens of the various constituents we want to educate, right? So that, that was our internal Allstate people. That was our prime suppliers, right? Because we expect them to, to live into our commitment to inclusive diversity and equity, to suppliers, diverse suppliers, minority women-owned, LGBT, disabled, veteran-owned suppliers that also need to learn how to do business with us and or our prime suppliers. Um, our, when I say our broad, broad employees, and I'll talk about this in a minute, really getting them to think about, right, the importance of mindfulness and taking care of self so that they can then show up in the workplace prepared to go about their day. We brought in academia, right? Because we wanted academia to hear like what's happening from a true, um, real business perspective, what's happening right in the walls and halls of organizations like Allstate. And we brought in government officials. There, there are probably some other stakeholders I'm, I'm leaving out. Yeah, but it was these like, are big ones. Yeah, but yeah. what do they all need? know, right, to yeah. navigate the space, drive change. And okay. so that was the, you know, that was the genesis for saying, let's, let's move from a single day virtual to what ended up being over 40 sessions um, that are 
that were recorded, um, you know, and people could watch them at their um, on demand or at their leisure, um, creating, you know, making sure we had a diverse set of presenters. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things I'm most proud of, and I haven't talked about this openly in any other forum, so always, you know, you get the tea, is (laughs) You know, we had positive generational representation of African American men. You know, throughout oh, the that's awesome. Right? Yeah. That is that is powerful. Well, you know what? We're going to hold with that thought, Cheryl, because we're going to go to a commercial break, and and let's talk about what that means to you. And thank you for for calling that out. That's huge. But I do get why you needed all this time because the the stakeholders that you were bringing together is critical and, and, and imperative to help small businesses understand how to make decisions. So we're going to go to commercial break and we'll be right back after this. From an industry-leading journal and web publication highlighting professionals and best practices to boot camps and conferences featuring noted and accomplished speakers, Diversity MBA is a driving force in diversity, equity, and inclusion education. But Diversity MBA's education push extends beyond the public realm and into the private sector. Thanks to DMBA, enterprises embarking on their DEI journey have access to training webinars, leadership indexes, and more, all of which can help educate and transform a workforce. Embrace DEI. Diversity MBA can help. Visit www.diversitymbamagazine.com for more information. The tech talent war in the U.S. is making it almost impossible for companies to hire and is holding companies back from achieving their important business goals. What is the answer? Go global with Bold Business. We have the reach, experience, and proven methods to help your company access great talent. From recruiting and sourcing to onboarding and post-hiring operations, Bold Business can help businesses tap into a worldwide talent pool and can craft solutions for an enterprise of any size. Go Bold! And let Bold Business solve your talent challenges and help your company succeed. For more info, visit www.boldbusiness.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Pam McElvain, your host with Inclusive Voice. I hope those of you that have been with us have been able to follow this incredible conversation um, around supplier diversity with uh, Ms. Cheryl Harris. Uh, I mean, oh my goodness, she's really from Chicago. All deep. I mean, she said Whitney Young. I'm sorry, Cheryl, I'm just throwing that out there because my son went to Northside Prep. So Wh- Whitney Young is up there, but you know, it, it's not the only greatest in Chicago. <laughs> so a little competitive energy out there. But let's get back to that great share um, uh, that you were just telling us, you know, with this week long. I love the fact, you know, you know, you're creating a model, a best in class model. They call me the best practice diva, but you're creating a best in class model by taking successful um, initiatives throughout the enterprise and then aligning it so that businesses can benefit from it and then bringing forward the stakeholders that will be able to execute on it. But if you don't mind just kind of going back and uh, sharing with us uh, the, the, the insights that you had around, you know, every day you had a representation of the group of small business leaders that we often don't hear much about as a group. Group, and that's African-American men. Yeah, you know, so um, as I reflected on the week, um, well, let me let me go back. The week prior, Pam, we had a, an all-all-state all 
enterprise-wide um, IDME summit. And um, yet leaders, employees basically have very transparent conversations about their, like their IDE moment. When did they realize that, that they needed to learn something? When did they realize they had something to offer related to IDME? And it, it's, it, I heard a lot of conversation from, you know, people saying they just didn't know a lot about different cultures. And so, um, so I was picking, I was going back to reflecting on that when I reflected on our week long series of events and thought about the greatness that we did in showing um, three generations of African-American men in a positive light. So um, one evening we had Caden Harris of no relation who um, 12 years old out of Atlanta has his own business called Caden teach, right? He teaches financial literacy. Yeah. And I met Caden at the, inaugural NMSDC Economic Summit here in Chicago earlier in the year. I was so impressed by the young man. I'm like, I'm going to find a way to partner with you. And we did. Um, Second up, we had uh, a young man, again, from Chicago, Jason Campbell, who has his own um, sports marketing business called B Brand Marketing. Um, Jason opened up our sessions with yoga um, and a focus on mindfulness. You know, he did that Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And we invited, you know, our employees, our suppliers. We invited them to share the link with friends. Um, I also want to say we did the same thing with Caden with Harris. Um, mm-hmm. We said, share this information with anyone because it's about creating awareness. But wanted to show an African-American man, you know, doing yoga and teaching the importance of mindfulness and, and setting goals, right? And yeah. self-love and self-care. And then we also had, of course, the one, the only, um, Jim Lowry sharing his story. Yes. Um, he was our key speaker one day and, you know, talking about why he's been doing this over five decades, what he has seen that he's proud of, but also what he's still concerned about because we have yet to achieve. Um, and so, uh, when I, when I just think about, again, going beyond how my team executed flawlessly, I, I yeah. think it was a great way for people, the audience that may not be familiar with, you know, or have seen positive African-American men, right? Because of what they're seeing is on TV. I thought this was a great way to show respect um, for, for our strong black men. You know, absolutely. And Cheryl, I have a, uh, I have a young man that's a senior right now, Loyola, and he said to me, he said, Mom, you know why it's difficult for African-Americans to create wealth? He says, because we, the first thing we think about is a job, is a nine to five job versus building and running our own. So coming from the mouths of babies, right? So giving them that kind of exposure, like what you what you did and what you're talking about is exactly what we have to do to, to, to create economic wealth in the next generation. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So I want to spend this last segment, Cheryl, a little bit talking about um, not only you know what came out of the, the the summit that you have, but also you know kind of what you're seeing as positive change. But um, first, you know what what did, what are some of the um, you know the su- successful nuggets that uh, you could share with us 
Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start with the end in mind, and I'll offer this challenge to all of your listeners, right? It, okay. it takes all of us, and we each have a role to play. So yes. identify the role that, that you believe you can play. It's, it's, you know, reach out and mentor a diverse business. Um, it's introduce a diverse business. If you know one, introduce them to someone else that you know. Um, it's it's um, removing obstacles, right? If you're in the supply chain organization, and Pam, this ties back to some of the learnings, right? We have to remove obstacles to make it easier for diverse businesses to work with large companies. Um, we also have to acknowledge that there still is, uncon- we had a lot of people talking about unconscious bias, right? As one of the reasons why we haven't gotten as far as we want to go. And I said, no, we got to keep it real. Yeah. We still have, we have <laughs> conscious bias, we have hate and we have racism. Yeah. So yeah. let's identify it and find a way to stamp it out yeah, because I, I won't that. stand for any of it in my supply chain. We talked about how, Diverse businesses, and, and you've lived this life, right? So you know, you know, yeah. you're, you're agile, you're nimble, you have, you bring a different mindset, a different perspective, and all of that can help generate, and, and research has proven that it generates positive business outcomes. So this is not about handout or charity. This mm-hmm. is about improving the performance of your organization. And finally, going back to some of the research that, um, we know that when we strengthen the, the roles and the position and success of diverse businesses in America, it actually improves the overall economy. So we spent a lot of time talking about, there's a researcher, Timothy Bates, and he's done research that shows it's commonsensical that minority and small business create more jobs for minorities and women than large corporations. That's right. So when you think about the, 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 the decimate, you know, zip codes that we see in our city where we used to have very vibrant, you know, diverse businesses. Uh, and this is a part of my personal commitment growing up on 48th and Langley. You know, my parents were teenage parents. They were employed by the community, right? Mm-hmm. The community yeah. gave them opportunities to provide for their families. And I do believe that it's going to take us, and we talked a little bit about this in the summit, it's going to take us building, rebuilding stronger and more vibrant businesses in our communities to help yeah. with, it, with sort of the, just the despair and lack of hope um, that we see in our cities, not uh, zip codes around the city, not just here in Chicago, but around the country. So yeah, I love- we have a lot of work to do. Yeah, but I, I love the, I love the fact that Cheryl that you're calling it out. I mean, and and the critical success factors that you're talking about and saying this is what we need need to do. But you're calling out, you know, systemic and and institutional and structural racism that are barriers that will take time to 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 remove. But you said that I, you have zero tolerance for it once identified. And and that that's so important versus you know covering it up with saying oh there's this unconscious bias and you know <laughs> and, and and that exists in the process and so that's you know awareness give folks education 
and let them, you know, they'll be all good. But no, it's a lot more than that. But to, but to establish the kind of, um, you know, imperative, business imperatives and say, this is what we're going to do. At the end of the day, that's what organizations have to do. Otherwise, you know, it's not it's not going to be very well. So let me ask you, Cheryl, so folks wanted to know more about, you know, the supplier diversity program at Allstate. Where can they go? Yep. So please visit www.allstate.com forward slash procurement. And we have information on our program on our on our website. Um, I would also encourage you, because what, what we're doing now, Pam, and have been doing for years, yes. is this isn't about, you know, how do you get connected to Allstate? Um, but I'm, I'm asking all of the listeners, any procurement professionals, any, actually anybody that works in a major organization that has a supplier diversity program or business diversity program, um, mm-hmm. make sure that you understand those goals, understand the organizations that you're a part of when you are in a position to make buying decisions. And this not only goes for corporate buying, but I actually pushed um, this with, with our attendees, right? It's the holiday season. Yes. Make sure that you're consciously buying from minority and women-owned businesses. Find a way to support them this holiday season. Um, one, one final story I promise I'll let you go, Pam. Um, we had, <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. <laughs> we had um, a woman, um, gosh, uh, Brenda Palm mm-hmm. from the North Lawndale Employment Network um, join us. And she, she's been a visitor to our events in the past. And I don't know if you've heard of the product Be Love, a honey-based product. Oh. Um, right? Her organization in North Lawndale actually helps those coming out of the penal system gain skills for employability by employing them, helps them with resume building, and they all get experience by working for Be Love the, um, the, the, the company that manufactures, they, you know, they have hand lotions, um, bath creams, honey, you know, for your teeth. And I'm encouraging people, go out and look for companies like those because if we can help Be Love and North Lawndale Employment Network, right, by raising their sales, she can then, there's a domino effect. Yes. Right, she can then go out and help more people that look like us that are deemed unemployable to then create a path to self-sustaining wages. So we we all have a role we can play. Yeah, and that's a real that's a real example. And even though we're talking about you know the black experience, this is across uh, diversities. This is as as Cheryl said before. This is this is across ethnicities, identities, um, you know, veterans, um, persons with disabilities. It's, you know, we're 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 leveraging the black experience as we always have um, to 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 make a movement. And I do believe it's time for the supplier diversity um, functions to be transformed. It is time for the paradigm shifts. And so I'm probably really gonna reach out to Allstate and, and really help 
you know, get the word out, Cheryl, and this work because it is it is time for transformation, or it's going to be more of the same. And we need leaders like you and Tom, and of course Lowry's always been there, but others um, in organizations that are saying, "Hey, we're we're going to be bold, step forward, and drive this change." So I want to thank you so much for taking the time once again to share with us the great work um, that all state is doing, um, sharing with us with what organizations can do and what individuals can do um, to help make a change. And then also to the shout out to, to buy um, from diverse and minority owned businesses during this holiday season. So once again, Cheryl, thank you again for your time. Um, we appreciate you and we enjoy and value the work that you do. It's always a pleasure, Pam. You know, I'm a phone call away. Keep your finger on the pulse of the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement. Check out diversitymbamagazine.com. As a dedicated news and media focal point for workplaces, professionals, and students, diversitymbamagazine.com is chock full of profiles of accomplished professionals in the DEI space, as well as notes of recognition and other newsworthy items. Check out the 2021 50 out front, get the skinny on diversity recruiting, Tap into the latest in DEI. Go to diversitymbamagazine.com and subscribe for updates. Hello and welcome to today's session with Mind Your Money with Delaney Michelle Elliott. Thank you so much for listening in today on The Inclusive Voice. Well, Pam, I have a very, very powerful topic that we love to talk about, you and I, and that is retirement planning. And not just retirement planning, Pam, but retirement income planning. You see... Our parents wouldn't recognize the world of retirement that that we're into today. What we're venturing into at the rate of inflation, at the rate of interest rate hikes, um, our Federal Reserve Chair, Mr. Powell, as you know, raised the interest rate by 0.75% due to the inflation data. That's the largest rate hike since 1994. And so when we look at retirement, and specifically retirement income planning. Retirees need to plan more than ever, for our retirement might likely be much different than that of our parents. And here's a few reasons why. Number one, the average person now works for seven different companies during their career. Our parents used to work one job, retire, get a pension, and the company managed how much they saved. Number two, the 401k replaced the pension for many. See, the 401k was never meant to be the full retirement plan. It was meant to be like Social Security, a supplement to your pension, a supplement to your investment. But now it basically replaced the pension. And that's where most of us, if we're working, um, put our money for retirement today. Retirement for many is mostly self-funded. See, earlier, the companies did a pension and they would navigate your waters of retirement for you. They would make sure that you didn't outlive your money. They took the data and your age and, and what, how much your money you were making and they did that calculation for you. Well, now you need to self-fund. You need to look at where you're putting your money. You are responsible for making sure you don't outlive your money. Number four, Social Security may cover very little of lifestyle requirements. Very little. And a lot of people don't even have confidence, Pam, in Social Security even being there. 
And number five, some never fully retire, but choose to stay engaged at some level. And so you say, Glenn, well, why is that important? Because based on the calculation, and I want you to write this term down and then look it up, provisional income. That's a calculation that the Social Security Administration does as you're coming up on retirement. They're going to take a calculation of all of your earned income plus whatever dividends you're getting from your um, taxable accounts. And then they're going to take half of your Social Security and they're going to do a calculation on that to do what? They're going to determine whether or not your Social Security can be taxed. Yes, I'm talking an additional amount of your Social Security being taxed. See, that's why retirement planning now is so essential because we've got other calculations that you probably didn't even know about. Who heard of your Social Security being taxed or the probability of it being taxed? And so when we look at that, you say, well, Delana, well, what, what are some of the things that we need to be doing? First of all, we need to take and look at your savings accounts. Where is your money? Find out where you're putting your money. Where is your savings? Where's the majority of your assets that you're going to turn into income for retirement? If it's in a deferred bucket, which means that you did not pay taxes on that money and it's going to be tax coming out, the probability of the tax rate being doubled by the time you retire is so high based on the national debt, inflation and other factors. So we want to make sure that we work with your professional to get you as close to zero tax bracket as possible during your retirement. Remember, there's three buckets, taxable, tax deferred and tax free. We want to get you to the tax free bucket. To learn more, reach out to me at womenwithwealth.com. Book time with me or book time with your professional that you're already working with. And let's see where the majority of your money is. Thank you again for your, this Mind Your Money moment. The tech talent war in the U.S. is making it almost impossible for companies to hire and is holding companies back from achieving their important business goals. What is the answer? Go global with Bold Business. We have the reach, experience, and proven methods to help your company access great talent. From recruiting and sourcing, to onboarding and post-hiring operations, Bold Business can help businesses tap into a worldwide talent pool and can craft solutions for an enterprise of any size. Go Bold! And let Bold Business solve your talent challenges and help your company succeed. For more info, visit www.boldbusiness.com. From emails that get no response, to improper billing and shipping, to inventory mistakes, waste can be an expansive, encompassing problem. With a track record of success that includes over $7 billion in successful projects, Bold Business has been helping clients over two decades. Whether you seek to enhance the performance of current anti-waste and waste initiatives, reduce reputational damage in the face of heightened public scrutiny, or simply safeguard cost efficiency, Bold Business has the answers. Check out boldbusiness.com for more information.